Shas Illuminated presents the following shir by Rabbi Moshe Dun Kestenbaum. Meseches Ksubis has been dedicated by Mr. and Mrs. Shlomo Naiman, Le'ilo Nishmas, Rav Yaakov ben Matis Yehozatzal, and Chaya Bas Pesach. Today's daf is Kuf Yud. We are a little behind. We will begin from the Mishnah on Kuf Tesem Abayz, which brings the fifth Machlaikas between Amon and the Chachamim. And the case of the Mishnah is Misha Halach Medina Sayam, somebody who went away to Medina Sayam, Va'avda Derech Sadeu. And when he comes back, he loses the path to his field. As Rashi explains, his field is surrounded by other people's fields, but he had a path to his field through one of those fields. But when he comes back, the path is covered over the people on the outside of his field took it over. And now the question is whether he can reclaim the path to his field. Rava in the Gemara explains that if four people now own the four fields that surround this person's field, then everyone would agree that the person would not be able to claim a path to his field because each one is able to say, your path was not in my field, your path was in a different field, because this person has no proof exactly where his path was. We just know that he did have a path to his field, and therefore each one can push him off and say, your path was not in my field. And Rava says it doesn't make a difference if these four people came from other four people that originally owned the fields, or even if originally one person owned all the fields around his field, and then four people bought the fields from him, nonetheless, now that it's in the hands of four different people, each one could push him away. What's the case of our Mishnah? The case of our Mishnah is where there's only one person who now owns the fields that surround this person's field. However, this person bought it from four different people. So at the time it was in the hands of four different people, the, this person would not have been able to collect from the, his path, would not have been able to take away his path, because each one could have said, your path is by the next person. Now that it is in one person's hands, because he bought it from all of them, so now the Shaila is as follows. Admin says that even though beforehand the person would not have been able to claim his path, because it was owned by four different people. Now that it belongs to one person, and the man of Shach, we know that he has ownership to a path to his field, so therefore the person has to give him a path, and Yelech lo he has to give him at least the shortest path, he doesn't have to give him a long path, but he has to give him the shortest path to his field, because the man of Shach, the person does own a path in one of these fields to his own field. However, the Chachamim hold a chidosh as follows. The Chachamim hold that the person who now owns all the four fields is able to say, Ishaskis, shaskis. If you keep quiet, you keep quiet. The person, the one owner, has something over him and he could tell him that, hey, it's in my power to give back the fields to the original of four owners, and you would not be able to collect anything. You would not be able to collect your path. So therefore now, even though it's in, all of the fields are in my hand, you're still not able to take a path against my will. And you have to pay me for a path, as the Chachavim say in the Mishnah, Yikne lo mana, let him pay a hundred mana for the path, a yifrach ba'aver, or let him fly, let him take a helicopter into his field, but he's not able to force him to give him a path to his field. Now the simple translation of the Gemara, Ishaskis shaskis vilo it sounds like it's a threat. The person's telling him, you better keep quiet, because if not, I'm going to give back the shtarais, I'm going to return those four fields to the owners, and you're not going to be able to collect the path from them. The problem is, what type of threat is lying over here? Now that it's still by him, as well, he's not giving him the path. He's telling him, you have to pay me a lot of money for this path. So what's the difference to him 
if it's by this person, if he gives it back to the other four people. So there's no threat over him at all. And let this person, the owner of the path, tell him in the Lashon of the Rishayim, L'chi Sedar, when you give it back, meaning, make my day, you're threatening me that you're going to give back the fields, and that's why you don't want to give me a path. Go ahead, so let's give back the fields. There's nothing over him, there's nothing threatening him that this person, the owner of the path, has any reason to pay him now for this path. So because of this, Rashi over here explains the Gemara as follows. Rashi writes, And I'll give you a cheaper price when you purchase the path from me. According to Rashi, what is going on here is some type of threat, is some type of leverage. And the person is telling him, Look, I'm not giving you the path for free. I want you to pay me something for the path. I'll give you a cheaper price. And it pays for you to give me a cheaper price to give me money for this path because if you don't pay anything I'm going to give back all the fields to the original four owners and you'll get nothing because they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount of money because you have no claim at all to each one of them because each one of them could push you off. For me you have a claim so I'll give it to you at a cheaper price. It's important to point out that according to Rashi even though Rashi explains it's bederech, a threat, it's derech of leverage. This is not just merely a threat that he's pulling on the other person and therefore the person is going to have to pay or the person can say, no, I'm not paying you anything, go ahead, give the fields back, I'll take you up on your threat. It's mavur that according to Rashi, this is the halacha. The Mishnah says he has to pay for the field. So, the halacha of our Mishnah is that since the person has this leverage, Bezdin accepts this in halacha as leverage that the person has a right to demand money for this path, and the person does not have a right to say, go ahead, give it back, I'm not paying you for this path. Bezdin will not force this person to give over the path because Bezdin uses this ability of Ishaskis against the other person. And this can be seen, first of all, from the halacha of the Mishnah, of yikne lo If this is just a back and forth, then how could the Mishnah say that he has to pay him for it? He doesn't have to pay. It depends on whether the person, you know, gives in or doesn't give in to this threat. And furthermore, it's mavur in the Gemara, that this is only where one person bought it from four people. As Tysus points out, it's mavur that if one person bought it from one person, or the, all the four fields belong to one person the whole time, in such a case, he's not able to use any threat. Why not? If this is just merely a threat, so why can he tell him that if you don't pay me for this path, I'm going to sell the field to four different people, and then you won't be able to claim your path. So it must be, as Tysus explains, it's Stavka because this person bought the path, bought the field from four different people. And while it was by those four people, this person had no right to claim the path. So now that it's by this one person, we allow him to have this leverage that he has the ability to give back the field to these four people, and this person would have no right to the path altogether. And therefore, we force him to pay, according to Rashi, a cheaper amount, but we force him to give him something to take his path back. Taisvis and the Rosh in Babakama, the first Perak, Simon Gimel, argues with Rashi over here that says that he has to give him a cheaper price for the path because otherwise the person could say back, this is not a threat, this is not leverage on me because the Sadar, go ahead, give give back the fields. And they are Medayik, the Lushan of the Mishnah, let him pay a hundred mana for the path, it's from the fact that Mishnah says a hundred mana, which is a lot of money, that the person could charge him whatever he wants, he does not have to give him a cheaper price for the path. And they hold that even though he has no leverage over him, because the person could taka say back, go ahead, 
give back the paths. Nonetheless, he is still able to use this power of and the rush over there explains, he gives a svara, anything the person can claim to do, we look at it like he did it already. Meaning that since the person has the power to give back the fields to these four people, we look at it like he gave it back already, and the other person has no claim to this path. According to this, the Lashon of Ishaskis, Shaskis, if you're quiet, you're quiet. L'chaira is lav davka, doesn't come out so well, because there's no threat really being imposed on the other person. In order to have a better understanding of the sugya and the discussion of the Rishayim over here, we have to first explain the Gemara in Babakama, which discusses Ishaskis in a different case, and how the Rishayim apply it to Rashi in our sugya. The Gemara Babakama says, talks about, if one person, let's say, owes three different people, he owes a nizik, he owes somebody for damages, he owes a balchayv, he has a debt, he borrowed money, and he owes a ksuba, he owes his wife, divorcee, he owes her a ksuba. And each one of these three different debts is collected from different level of property. A nizik, someone who's damaged, is able to collect from meita, from idias, from the best property. A balchayv collects from beninus, collects from average property. And a ksuba is collected from zibiris, from the worst property. Now, if the person has all three different types of fields, so then each one would collect from his respective din, his respective halacha. However, what happens, the Gemara discusses, if he sells these three fields to another person. And the Gemara says that if he sells the Zibiris, the cheapest field, last, after already selling the other two fields. So then the halacha is that all three people are only able to collect from this Zibiris. Why? Because after he sold the first two fields, the Idias and the Bainis, and all he has left in front of him is the Zibiris, the halacha would have been that all three people would have been only able to collect from the Zibiris. Because the rule is that you can't go to Lukuchos, you can't go to the buyers when there's still land by the original person that owed the money. You first have to go to B'nai Chayrin, to the fields that are still by the person that owes the money. So while he had that Zibiris, the third field, they would have only been able to collect from the Zibiris. So now when he sells that Zibiris to this person, he sells them this third field of Zibiris. So since the whole Sheba, the entire debt, was standing, was remaining on the Zibiris, so they all would only be able to collect from this Zibiris. However, the Gemara says, what happens if he bought the Idias last? He first sold him the Bainis and Zibiris, and afterwards sold him the Idias. So at first glance, the Gemara says that in such a case, they all would be able to collect from the Idias. It would work to their advantage because before the Idias was sold, the entire Sheba, the entire debt was on that field of the Idias. That was the last B'nai Charen. And now that it's sold, they all should be able to collect from that last field from the Idias. However, the Gemara says no. Why? Because the buyer is able to tell him, if you're quiet, he could tell him, if you're quiet, each one of you take, I'll give each one of you your proper din, I'll give idias to the nizik, bainis to the bachov, and ziburis to the, for the ksuba, to the isha. The lion, if not, madarna shtara de ziburis If not, I'll return the ziburis to the owner. And all of you are going to only be able to take from Zibiris because now there is Zibiris, there is B'nei Chorin of Zibiris by the original person. The Gemara counters with an obvious kasha. Ihachi, if so, that you have this claim of Ishaskis, So why is the Nizik able to collect from the Idias, even though that's his Iker Halacha? Why can't the person tell him? Why can't the buyer tell him? Ishaskis. 
If you're quiet, keep quiet. And if not, I'm going to give back the Ziboris to the original owner. Now we have a Machlokis Rishayim here. When the Gemara asks this question by Nezikin, is the Gemara mean to ask only by Nezikin? Or this question would apply to Bachov as well. That why does the Bachov collect from Beninus? Why can't the buyer tell him, If not, I'll give back to Zibiris, and you'll only be able to collect from Zibiris. So this depends, Taisa says over here, on this Machlaikas, myself and Rashi. Rashi over there in Baba Kama learns that the Gemara's question is only by Nezikin. Why? Because by Nezikin, Yitaka have a proper threat. You have proper leverage. Why? Because you could tell him, either take Bainanis, or I'm going to give back the Zibiris, and you'll only be able to collect from Zibiris. However, you can't tell the Nizik that he has to take Zibiris, because otherwise you're going to give the Zibiris back, because on that, he'll be able to tell him, Sadar. he has no threat over him, like we spoke about. He could tell him, go ahead, make my day, give it back. He has to offer him a deal, and offer him some type of deal to work out, and he tells him, take Bainanis, and if you don't take Bainanis, I'll make you get Zibiris. However, this would not work by the Bachov, because since the Bachov is only entitled to Bainanis, what is he going to tell him? Bachov, if you don't take Zibiris, I'm going to make you get Zibiris. That's not a threat. He could tell him, make my day, go ahead, give back the Zibiris. I don't gain anything by going ahead with this deal. And therefore Rashi says, that a Bachov would be able to collect from Beninus, and the halacha of Ishaskis would not apply. Zaktaisis, that Rashi over here is Lashitasai. Because Rashi holds that the tain of Ishaskis only works if you have a threat, you have a claim over him that the person has to agree to. And therefore, Rashi learns over here that he has to offer him a cheaper price on the path, because there has to be some type of deal being worked out, otherwise he could say back, L'chi Seda. Now there is an obvious kasha over here as follows. It's Mavur in the Gemara Baba Kama, that the lady is being held to Ziburis, to her din, with this claim of Ishaskis. And the problem is, there is no threat, according to Rashi, that holds you have to have leverage, you have to have a threat over the person, over here, there's no threat over her. Because you're telling her, take Zibaris, because if not, I'll give Zibaris back. Yeah, that's not a threat. So why doesn't the lady able to take from Bainanis? Because otherwise, she should be able to say back, L'chi Sadar. So Tysus explains over here, that since a lady is only entitled Alpidin to Zibaris, that's her din, so therefore, the lady does not have the power to chi, to say l'chi sadar. Only the person has the ability, ability to say l'chi sadar if you're trying to move them away from their din. For example, you're trying to move the nizik away from idias, or you're trying to move the bachov away from beninus. However, the Nachlas David asks a beautiful kasha. In our Gemara, l'chaira, should be comparable to the case of the Isha collecting from Zibiris. Why? Because this person bought the field from four different people. And when it was by these four people, the person had no claim, had no right to collect the path. So therefore his din should be that he does not have the right to the path. And when the person tells him, I can give it back, he's just putting it back on his original din. And therefore Rashi should agree that the person has no right to say l'chi sadar, and therefore even without cheapening the price, he should be able to tell him that you have no right to this path. The Nachlas David answers that there's a difference between the case of Ksuba and Argamara, because in the case of Ksuba, at least you are giving her Ziburis, at least you are giving her land to collect from. However, in our case, we're you're not going to give him the path altogether that you're not able to do. In such a case, there Rashi agrees that you're able to say L'chi Sadar, even though his din really was to lose the path while it was by those four people. And therefore Rashi holds, 
you have to offer him a Eizel Gabach, offer him a cheaper price for the path, and otherwise you cannot claim Ishaskis. I would say that this is a very big daichik, because Taisvis seems to hold that Argamar lines up perfectly with the case of Balchov, not the case of Ksuba, and Taisvis does not mention any such chilek of the Nachlas David. It's from Taisvis that our case is not considered that this is his din to lose the path. And I think there's a Pashat Svara, I Baruch Hashem, I saw this in the Beis Lachem Yehuda, in Baba Kama over there, that in our Gemara, it's different. It's not his din not to have a path. Because really, we know that this person did own a path in this field. Just when it was by the four people, and the path got lost, they took it over, and we don't know where it was. So we have a din of Amotu Mechavera Olavaraya. Each one could push him off. But really we know that he does own a path in this field. And now that these four people sold it to one person, he has a right to get his path back, and it's considered his din to collect the path back. So Adaraba, if you want to move him away from his din, if you want to use the leverage of Ishaskis, Shaskis, then it's going to have to be a real threat. Just like when you want to move the Nizik away from his idios or the Bachov away from his Bainis, and therefore the person is able to say Lechisedar, and you have to offer him a type of deal, like Rashi explains, Va'ezel Gabach, that'll give him a cheaper price for the path, and it's different than the case of Aksuba, where you're giving her Zibiris, which is her proper din. In that case, Rashi holds that she is not able to say Lechisedar. This is all the Mahalech of the Rashi, Taisus, and the Rash that connect the sugya over here to the sugya in Babakama. However, I'd like to point out the Mahalech of the Ramban. The Ramban learns that Ishaskis is not a halacha altogether, and the Gemara in Babakama, which uses Ishaskis, is not saying that Bezdin would make the claim for the person. This is something that the person is able to do if he wants to and the other person has a choice, how he wants to respond. And for this reason, the Rambam, Zakta Ramban, does not bring down the halacha of the Gemara Babakama and the Rif as well as Mashma, that he does not paskin like the Gemara Babakama of Ishaskis, because Ishaskis is not a halacha. It's not a psak of Bezin. It's something that a person could do, and the Gemara is not bringing it as a halacha in Bezin. Ah, Isaac the Ramban, what about our sugya in Subis? The Mishnah says, Yikach lo derech he has to pay him for the field. This is a halacha, and the Rambam as well, paskins this way. So Isaac the Ramban, our Gemara does not really mean Ishaskis as a threat. It's not a halachic claim. Our Gemara just means to say, a svara of mamachar. We have a concept that when a person sells something over to somebody else, he sells them the schusim that he has in this field. And since these four people had the schus that the other person had no right to claim the path from them, so this person that bought the fields from them also has that schus that he has no right to collect the path from him. And this is not connected to the Gemara and Baba Kama of Ishaskis which, according to the Ramban, is not a din altogether against these Rishayim. I'd like to point out that this Ramban is very difficult to understand because, like we mentioned before, the, the reason why the person is not able to collect his path from these four people is not because he doesn't own a path in the field, it's just because Hamotzi Mechaver Olavaraya, we don't know which path belongs to him. So how could we consider this included in the rule of Ma'amachar Rishayin Lashani that he's giving him all the schusim that he has? This is not a real zechus. This is just a practical situation that he wasn't able to collect the path because each one was able to push him off. But now that it's in the hands of one person, it's very hard to understand the Ramban. Why can't he go ahead and collect the path from this person now that we know that this person owns a path in one of these fields. And according to the Ramban, 
There is no halacha of Yishaskis B'tayra's threat in halacha. Perhaps we could explain the Ramban according to the Nesivis in Simen Kuf Memches, where the Nesivis explains that our Gemara, our Mishnah, is not talking about where the person owned an actual path in the field. According to the Nesivis, if he actually owned a path in the field, and this person, let's say one owner, went ahead and sold it to four different people, he would have to pay him. The one owner would have to pay him for selling away his path in the field. He sold away something that did not belong to him. And the Nesivas learns that our Gemara is talking about where he had a Shebud. He had the rights to walk through that since he owned the field in the middle, he had the rights from one of the owners to walk through his field. He had a Sheba, to, the rights to walk through. But he didn't actually own the path. And therefore, according to the Nesivis, we could explain this Ramban, that since the path was lost, meaning the Sheba was lost, and since the Sheba was lost, Ba'atzem, that means there is no Sheba anymore. There is no Sheba, there's no rights to walk through any of the fields. So now when this one person bought the four fields from these four different people, and from each one, there was no Sheba that was collectible, that was entitled to. So therefore, it is lost when it is sold to this one person. We will now move forward to Kuf Yudam and Aleph with the Mishnah on top that brings the sixth, second to last, Machlekes Anmain and the Chachamim. And the case of the Mishnah is a mighty star al that Ruvain pulls out a star a star that says that Shimon owes him money. And Shimon counters and pulls out a star that he has purchased the field from Ruvain after the time of the debt. So Admain Aimer Admain says, Yachalusha Yaimar, Shimon could say, if I really owed you money. And then you should have, instead of selling me the field, you should have rather collected the money that I owed you. So it must be that I didn't really owe you the money. The Chachamim say, no. That Ruvain could say that I sold you the field in order that I should be able to have a place, I should be able to have a mashkin to collect my debt from. And the Gemara explains that in a place where they paid, they gave the money before the Shtar Mechira, before the Shtar of the sale is written, so then everyone agrees that Admin's claim is correct. He should have taken the money for his debt, and he should not have continued and written him a Shtar of a sale of the field. However, the case in our Mishnah, is a place where they only paid after the Shtar Mechira was written up and given over. And therefore the person was not able to take his money before he sold him the field. So what's the Mach like, yes? Admin holds that nonetheless he should have been Meiser Maida. He should have told two witnesses that you should know he really owes me money. And I really shouldn't be selling him this field. I'd rather should be collecting the money. But since I don't have the ability to get the money from him so easily, I'm selling him the field. And this way I'll be able to collect the field afterwards from him. And the Rabbanon hold that no, chavra chavrislay, v'chavra de chavra chavrislay, word spreads and it's going to eventually get back to him. And then he's not going to buy the field from me. And I won't have a place to collect my chav from Tysus points out that even though the Gemara earlier on Kuf Tesema Beis uses the Svara Achavra Chavris lay according to everybody, because Abayi says on the Mishnah of Asa Simen La'acher that Laishano La'acher Avla'atzma Lo'yibir Ezechusai, if he used the Simen in the sale to the Ma'ar himself or the Musik himself, depending on the Machlokish Rishayim over there, everybody agrees, even Admain that he does not lose his chus because of the svara of chavra chavra slay, and therefore he did not want to give maida. 
And how come over here in our Gemara we have a machlekes Amrain and the Chachamim? Tosis explains that our case is much worse. That since he owes him money, and now he's going ahead and selling him a field that looks very clearly like a haida, much more so than a case of Asa Simen, and therefore he should have given a haida according to Admain, despite the fact that there's a possibility that the other person will hear about it. It is interesting to point out that the Mishnah gives a svara for the Chachamim, that the reason why he sold him the field is because he wants the field to be a mashkin, to be able to collect his chay from the Ramban, and as well in the Shita, in the name of the Ra'ah, explain that really the Mishnah does not need the svara of the Bnei Shiyachal why? Because since the Gemara explains that the reason for the Chachamim is because he wasn't able to take the money until he sold him the field, until he wrote the Shtar Mechira. And if he gives Maida, people are, he's going to hear about it, the word is going to spread, and he'll never buy the field. So therefore, he didn't have another choice but to sell him the field in order to be able to get money from him. So even without the Svara of Mashkin, even in a case where he would not be able to take back the field afterwards for some reason, or even in a case where there were other fields, as we'll discuss in a minute, that he could have taken from the borrower, still the Chachamim have a Svara why the person was justified in selling him the field. I, the Mishnah, gives the reason of Mipnei Shiyachal Mashkinai. So they explain that's just Laravka de Milsa. It's just embellishing the person's claim. Hey, look, I sold him the field. Now I'm able to collect from that field. However, that reason is not truly necessary. However, we see that many other Rishayim do not hold like this Ramban and Ra'ah. The rush over here in Simon Tesvav says that our Mishnah is talking about where the alleged borrower has no other fields. And that's why the person needed to sell him the field so he should be able to collect from it. And then the rush says another possibility that maybe even if he does have other fields, the seller could say that he was concerned that maybe those fields were mishubid, were indebted to other chayvais. This person may have the Tysus writ as well, says Asvar like the rush. As well, we see the Ritva brings the Yushalmi and the Yushalmi says that a different Svara, why even if he has other fields, still the person could claim that he sold it to him in order to collect from it. And the Yushalmi says a Svara that this person doesn't want to have so many fields to have to take care of. He doesn't want another field to have to take care of. And he'd rather sell him his own field in order to take that same field back so he only has one field to take care of instead of another field. Why do these Rishayim not hold like the Ramban? Why do they hold that we need the Svara that he can collect a field from him as a Mashkin? So perhaps we can suggest a very simple answer from the Karben Nisanel in our Perak Eis Shin. And the Karben Nisanel says that the Taina of the other person, the Taina of the person that bought the field, is why did you sell the field to me? Why did you sell the field to me who owes you money? You should have sold the field to somebody else. If someone owes you money and you want to get the money from him, so he should be the last person to sell him a field. He should be the last person to sell him a field when you really should be collecting the money from him without giving him anything. Zak the Mishnah, Zak the Chachamim, no. That the person could say back that I dafka sold the field to him and not to somebody else. Because now that I sold the field to him, I now have a place to collect my chai from. And that's the pshat in the Rishayim. And that's why the Rishayim discuss in the case where the person has other fields to collect from. So then we talk, have a question on him. It's talk a discussion. Why did he sell the field to him? He should have sold the field to somebody else. And he could collect from the other fields that this person has. One final ara on this sugya. Once again, in the Mishnah, Ruvain pulls out a star Chayv on Shimon, and Shimon pulls out a star Mechira, 
And Shimon claims that if the person, if he really owed Reuven money, then there's no way that Reuven would have sold him the field. The discussion here, the question is, is what exactly is Shimon claiming? Shimon saying that he doesn't owe him money, because otherwise he would have never sold him the field. However, there is a shtar chayv, Ruvain is holding a star, a document that says that, he, that he, Shimon does owe him money. So what is Shimon's response to that star chayv? So Rashi writes over here that he says, Shimon says, Shtarcha mizuyef ay perua, that your star is forged or it was paid up. The simple explanation for Rashi is Rashi is explaining two possibilities. Either Shimon is claiming that the star chayv is forged and he never borrowed the money altogether, or Shimon is claiming that he paid back the loan, he paid back the debt already, and that's why afterwards Ruvain sold him the field. Rashi's first pshat that Shimon claimed that it was forged is tsarachim, is very difficult to understand, as the Rush asks on Rashi over here. If we're talking about a star that was never verified, that it was that it was never Makuyim, that the star is not forged. So then, anyways, he is able to say that the star is forged, and he does not have to pay back the loan, even regardless of the fact that he has a star mechira that proves his point. And there would be no machlaikis admin and the chachamim over here. According to everybody, if the star was not Makuyim, he'd be able he'd be able to say that the star was forged. Elamai, you must be talking about where the star that Reuven pulls out, the star chayv, is a star makuyim. We have verification that the star is not forged. If so, frekta rush, then how could he claim that the how could Shimon claim the star is forged, even though he has some kind of proof, according to Admai, that he doesn't owe him the money because otherwise he, Reuven would have never sold him the field. But nonetheless, the fact that he's claiming it's forged goes against Adam, absolute proof that the star is a kosher star. And therefore, he should not be believed to say it's forged. And despite the fact that we have a question on Reuven, why he sold him the field, that is not going to overpower, that's not going to be stronger than the power of Adam that testified that the star is a kosher star against what Shimon is saying. At first glance, this machlaikas seems to be a machlaikas simply Imshat, because after all, we paskin like the Chachamim, that the Shtar Mechira is not considered a proof that he does not owe the money. However, the truth of the matter is that this is actually Nageya Lahalacha. Why? Because our Gemara told us that the Machlaikas between Adman and the Chachamim is only in a place where they first write the Shtar Mechira and afterwards give over the money. However, in a case where they give the money and afterwards write the Shtar Mechira, then even the Chachamim would agree that the fact that the, the fact that Ruvain, the fact that the seller did not just take the money and run and take it for his chayv, and he continued and wrote a Shtar Mechira, that's a raya, then it must be Shimon did not owe him money. Now, what happens in a case where he says that the Shtar was forged? According to Rashi, it seems that in such a case, even according to the Chachamim, we are going to accept his claim that it was forged, and he would not have to pay up the Shtarcho. However, according to the Rush, such a claim is preposterous. It's against Adim who say that the Shtar is Mekoyim, and therefore we would not accept his claim that it was forged, and he would have to pay up the debt. If we look... Fascinatingly enough, in Shulchan Arach and Chayshim Mishpat, Simen Pei Hei, the Shulchan Arach brings down this halacha, that in a case where they first took the money and afterwards wrote the Shtar Mechira, in such a case, the borrower would be believed to say that he paid back the loan because otherwise, Ruvain, the other person, should not have written him a Shtar Mechira he should have just walked away with the money. However, what happens if Shimon claims it was forged? He says it was Mezuyif. Our discussion, Rashi and the Rush, 
So the Shulchan Aruch writes, there are those that say that he's not going to be believed because the shtar is mekoyim. That's the sheet of the rush. V'yesh aimrim, and there are those that say shehu neman that he would be believed to say it is forged, like the shita of Rashi. And now again, we can ask the question: How could the Shulchan Aruch paskin this way? How can we believe him to say it's forged when there are edim that say that the shtar is kosher? The Pnei Yeshua over here answers for Rashi that maybe Einachinami, if the Edim themselves that sign the Shtar come forward and say that we sign the Shtar, so Einachinami, so then we would not accept his Taina that it's Mezuyif because it's directly against Edim. However, let's say it was Mekuyim because Bezin found another Shtar and this Shtar looks like the other Shtar. They were Medame the Chasimais. They compared the signatures, and we compared the two stars to each other. The other star we know was not a forged star. And by comparing them, we said that this star, Mechira, that's in front of us, is also kosher. Or, let's say Adam come and say, we recognize those signatures, they appear to be the signatures of those two people, and they do not appear to be forged. In such a case, it's not 100% Edos that this star is not forged, because... It is possible that a good forgery was done, and it looks very much like the signatures of these two people, and therefore it looks like the other star, or these Adam think it's the signatures of these people, and since it's not 100%, that would not be considered completely going against Adam, and the fact that he wrote the star Mechira would be a proof, would be a raya, that this star must have been forged. It was just a very good forgery. Rabbi Kiveger as well, over there on the Shulchan Aruch, says that the Shulchan Aruch is talking about a case that it was based off comparison to another verified star. So again, it's not considered going 100% against Edim, and therefore, we would be able to accept this claim that it is forged. It is Ksas Tzarech that the Shulchan Aruch does not specify that we are talking about a specific type of Kiyam. Just to end off, the Shach actually holds that Rashi does not mean to say that the person is claiming that the Shtar is forged, and the Shach says it's impossible that if the person claims that the Shtar is forged, we are going to believe him against Kiyam. And the Shach learns that Rashi is not saying two different cases, that either he said the Shtar is forged, or he is saying the star is paid up. Rather, Rashi means that the person is saying one long sentence. Va'imer, the person saying, I don't know what happened. I don't owe you money. Either the star is forged or I paid you back. I don't remember, but I don't owe you the money. And according to the Shach's explanation of Rashi, the person is not claiming specifically that it was forged. He's saying he doesn't know it was forged. He paid it back, but he doesn't owe the money. And that's how he wants to learn Rashi, Ksas Dachok. But this is the way the Shach learns Rashi. Moving forward, we come to the next Mishnah, which gives us the final, the seventh Machlaikis between Armin and the Chachamim. And the Mishnah's case is Shnaim Shaitziu Shtar Chayv Two people pull out a Shtar Chayv, a Shtar that says that one owes the other money. So Admain Aymer Admain says, The person that has a later star, he could say that if I really owed you this money, then how come you borrowed from me? You should have collected the money that I owed from you rather than borrowed, borrowed from me. However, the Chacham argue. And the Chum says, That each one is able to collect his debt, and it's not a proof, the fact that he borrowed money afterwards. Before we explain the reason of the Chachamim, and what exactly is the Machlekes between Adman and the Chachamim, let us continue further into the Gemara. The Gemara begins by bringing a fascinating Machlekes between Rav Nachman and Rev Sheshis. And the Gemara works it through and comes out 
that the Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes have the following machlaikas. Reuven and Shimon both owe each other money, both have a star on one another. Reuven has idius and Bainus, the best quality field and an average quality field. While Shimon only has Zebiris, only has the worst quality type of field. Now the halacha is that a Baal collects from Bainus, like we've mentioned before. Rav Nachman holds that each one collects from each other, and the one that has the Bayrais, Shimon, will actually come out a winner. Why? Shimon is able to collect the Bainus from Ruvain, and after he has, even after he has collected the Bainus from Ruvain, Ruvain is not able to come back and take the Bainus from him. Why? Because now that Shimon has Bainus and Zibiris. Rav Nachman holds Bishalai Hain Shaman that average Bainanis depends on the person that owns the property. We take his average property, not what is considered average in the world. And therefore, since he has only Bainanis and Zibiris, so by him, the Bainanis becomes like Idyas, is that's his best property. And the Bachov Ruvain is not entitled to take his best property. And therefore, Reuven is only able to take the Zebiris back. So therefore, Shimon comes out a winner over here. Shimon is able to collect Reuven's Bainanis. And Reuven is only able to collect from Shimon's Zebiris. However, Rav Sheshes holds, Bishal call Adam Hain Shamim, that Bainanis goes by what the world is considered Bainanis, not by that particular person. Therefore, if Shimon would go ahead and take Ruvain's Bainanis, Ruvain would be able to come back and take the Bainanis away from him because he's entitled to what is considered Bainanis in the world. So therefore there's no point, as Rav Sheshe says, Hafuche matar salamali, you're just switching sacks. Rashi explains the mashal, somebody who's carrying two leather sacks that are of equal weight, one in his right hand, one in his left hand, it's not going to be of any help. There's no point of switching it in order to lessen the load for the other hand because the sacks weigh the same. So over here, there's no point of taking the bainus when he's going to be able to come back and take the bainus right back from him. And therefore, Bezdin would not do anything. And each one would hold on to his property. The Gemara now turns to our Mishnah because our Mishnah is talking about a similar case of Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes, that there were two people that had a shtar chayv on one another. And the Gemara says, that it says in our Mishnah that the Chachamim say, that each one collects. So this is a riot to Rav Nachman, that each one's collecting from each other, instead of rather saying that each one just holds on to his property. So this is a riot to Rav Nachman, a kasha against Rav Sheshes, who said, that there's no point of each one collecting from each other, each one just holds on to his property. Now at first glance, it would seem that Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes, both of them do not go like Admain. Because Admain says in our Mishnah that the person that has a later date is not able to collect altogether because he has a raya that he doesn't owe him money. Because if he owed him money, why the other person lend him afterwards? However, the Rishayim point out, the Ritva and others, that there's no question from our Mishnah, from Admain, to the Machlekes, Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes. Because Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes could be talking about a case where both of them agree, both of them admit that they owe each other money. It's just the Machlekes in the collection process. However, our Mishnah is talking about a case where they're arguing whether they owe each other money. And that's why the Gemara does not mention that Admain does not go like Rav Nachman or Rav Sheshis' Shita. And the Gemara is just asking from the Shita of the Chachamim. Because the Chachamim hold against Admain that there's no Raya, that he does not owe the money. And therefore, he's entitled to collect. However, the problem is that the Chachamim used the expression of Zegaiveh, the if the Chachamim would have just said that that they both owe each other money, 
so that would be fine, and everything would be according to, according to everybody. However, since the Chachamim use expressions Zegayvev is Zegayvev, this one collects and this one collects, so this is a raya to Rav Nachman that even where two people owe each other money, each one could collect from the other person's property because of Bishel Lahein Shaman. And the Gemara answers, Rav Nachman himself gives an answer for Rav Sheshes and says that our Mishnah is not a raya, is not a proof to our Machlekes because the Mishnah could be talking about a case where one of them borrowed for five years and the other person borrowed for ten years and therefore their point of collection was different times. So then there's no issue anymore of saying that what's the point of collecting if you hold Bishel Eilam Hain Shaman because they're coming at different times. So one person's coming five years earlier than the other, so of course, each one collects when he is entitled to collect his debt. The Gemara continues and says, one second, when did this person borrow for 10 years? If he borrowed after the five years were up, after the first loan was up, so then, what's the reason for the Rabbanan? Admin would appear to be correct, that if he really owed him the money, so why did he borrow from him? After the five years were up, he should have collected rather than borrowed. And if we're talking about where the five years were not up yet, so then the opposite. What's the reason for Admite? He has a very simple justification for borrowing the money now because he wasn't able to collect because the five years were not up yet and he needed the money. And the Gemara explains, the Gemara answers, we're talking about where the second person came on the day that the collection, the day that the loan was over. And he wasn't able to collect that morning because the other person could push him off till the end of the day. And the question is, do we say that it's justified the person borrowed the money because of it in Yazif Liyome? It's normal that a person would borrow even if he just needs money for that day. Or do we say... Adman holds that no, the person would have never borrowed for the day. He would have just waited till the day was over and then collected the money from him. There's an obvious kasha on this Gemara. The whole Gemara's focus on explaining the Mishnah is all in the Shita of Rav Sheshes that holds Hafuchim Machasa Lamali that Bishal Eilam Hain Shamim and Therefore, the Gemara is troubled by the Mishnah of why the Chachamim say the However, the truth of the matter is that this Mishnah should be problematic according to Rav Nachman as well. Because even though Rav Nachman holds and therefore we don't have a problem with that Shita of the Chachamim in terms of why each one could collect from the other, However, we still have to explain what the reason for the Chachamim is as to why we do not say, like Admain, that the fact that he borrowed is a raya that he doesn't owe him, the other person doesn't owe him the money. And we'll have to anyways, Lachara, come on to this explanation of the Gemara that he came the day that the loan was ending. And therefore... Anyways, the Mishnah can never be brought as a raya to this Machlekes, Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshes. So why is the Gemara bringing the raya and only explaining the Mishnah according to Rav Sheshes when Lachaira, this needs to be explained according to Rav Nachman as well. Both the Ridva and the Bala Ma'ar over here give a fascinating pshat in the Sugya that according to Rav Nachman, there's no question from the Mishnah and how to explain the Chachamim. And they explain as follows, that Rav Nachman will learn the Mishnah, that we're talking about the case, the precise case that our Gemara, that Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis discuss, where one person only has Iburis, and the other person has Benyus and Idyus. And the person that owns the Idyus and Benyus borrowed the money first, and the second person who only owns the Ziburis, he borrowed second. And Zakhtar Ritva and the Balamar, that in such a case, even if he borrowed after the time 
where the collection from the first from the debt was already up, and we could ask, why is he borrowing money? Why is the person with Zibaris borrowing the money when he should just be collecting his chayv from the fields of the first person? So Zakhtar Advan the Balamar, no. According to Rav Nachman, we could explain justification. This person wants to get rid of his Zibiris. So he figures, instead of just collecting right away the Bainus from the other person, what I will do is I will borrow money from him, and afterwards I'll be able to I'll collect my Bainus, and this way, when he comes back, he'll take my Zibiris, and in this way I'm getting rid of my Zibiris, and I'm replacing it with this Bainus. So he borrowed the money in order to get rid of his Zibiris. However, according to Rav Sheshes, that holds that now that the person has Bainus that he collected from the other person, and Bishal Eilamein Shamim, we don't care about the fact that this Bainus is now his best, his idiot, his best property. So therefore, he doesn't gain anything from borrowing, because on the contrary, if he borrows, the person will come back and take back the Bainus that he had collected from him. And that's why this Gemara is Taila Ar Mishnah in this Machlekes Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. I would like to suggest that this Mahalik works very nicely into the Mishnah because if we notice, the Mishnah does not give the reason for the Chachamim outright. Different than the last Mishnah where the Chachamim give the reason that he sold in the field in order to be able to collect from it. This Mishnah doesn't give us a reason. It just says, Chacham Omrim However, according to this Mahalech of the Ritva and the Balamor, at least according to Rav Nachman, the Chachamim, in their words, lies an explanation. Because Because each one is able to collect differently from one another, that justifies the fact that he borrowed the money in order to allow him this benefit of collecting, of getting a better property. Both the Ritva and the Balamar don't explain, if so, why does Admon argue? Why does Admon say that it is a proof from the fact that he borrowed the money? So we could offer one of two possibilities. One possibility is that Admon holds like Rav Sheshishishita of Bishal Eilam Hain Shamim, that we don't go by each person, we go by the baneness of the world, and therefore there is no advantage, there is no difference in what one is taking from the other. Another possibility is that online holds that even though the person has the advantage of collecting a better property, that's not enough to justify him borrowing the money. It's more logical, more the derech of somebody to just collect his chayv rather than borrow money in order to be able to swap properties. The Ramban in Lachemas Hashem really asks a number of strong questions on this Mahalech. I'd like to say over two of his questions that the Ramban asks. The Ramban asks if we take such an approach that we could justify, according to the Chachamim, that the reason why he borrowed is because he wants to unload his Zibiris, so then, Frechter Ramban, that this could work even according to Rav Sheshes. How? Because we could say it as follows. The person with the Zibiris, who was owed the money first, he figures that I will borrow the money from the other person, and I will collect his Bainanis, and before the time comes up, that he is going to want to take back the Bainanis, because according to Rav Sheshes, he'd be able to take back the Bainanis. Before the time comes up, I will sell the Bainanis. And then, when he comes to me to collect, all I'll be left with is the Zibiris. So I found a way, even according to Rav Sheshes, this makes sense, he found a way to unload his Zibiris, because he'll sell the Bainanis, which is easier to unload, before the time of collection, and then he'll be able to get rid of the Zibiris, which is difficult to get rid of, when the person comes and collects the money that he owes him. The Ramban asks another question, which is very, very powerful. The Ramban asks that according to Sheshis, we also could have a case where the person who owns Zibiris will be able to get rid of his Zibiris. 
in a case where the other person only has idias. If the other person only has idias, so in such a case, after his idias is taken away, when he comes later to collect the second debt, the debt that's owed to him, later on from the person that only had Zibiris, that person has now Zibiris and idias. And since he's not entitled to idias, because that's above above Bainanus, he'll only be able to collect from the Zibiris. So therefore it's the same identical case, the same idea, that the person may have borrowed the money in order to be able to unload his Zibiris and be left with idias. So why couldn't the Gemara explain the Mishnah that way, according to Avsheshes, if we're going to say such an approach? So the Ramban argues on the Balamar, and the Ramban says, we never say such a thing that a person is just borrowing money in order to be able to unload his field. The derech of people is if they're owed money, they're going to collect whatever they can. They're going to be able to collect the property of the other person. They're not going to borrow more, borrow money in order to be able to get rid of their fields. And the Ramban gives a different answer, a different mahalech, why the Gemara does not ask the question from our Mishnah on Rav Nachman, why the Mishnah is only a problem with Rav Sheshis. Zakta Ramban, we can give a very simple explanation for the Chachamim of our Mishnah. How is that? Because maybe the reason why the person borrowed the money is because we're talking about a place that they would only first write the star, first write the loan, and afterwards hand over the money. And the person was afraid that if he would ask him for the money right away, he wouldn't give it to him. He would deny having the money. So the person, what he did was, is he said, I'll borrow the money from you. This way he'll be able to get the money, he'll be able to get the cash, and have a place to collect from. And Zakhtar Ramban, even though at the end of the day, since he did not specify that he was taking the money as collection, he said he's taking it as a loan. Therefore, the halacha is each one collects from each other's property. We don't say that he just keeps the money that he has. Nonetheless, this is ample justification to explain why he borrowed the money. And the Ramban says this is no different than the previous Mishnah of a mighty star chayv achaveray, where the Chamim say that that we could justify the fact that he sold him the field because he wanted to be able to collect from that field. He could use that field as a mashkan. So to here, he borrowed the money to be able to have the money to collect from. In fact, the Ramban explains that this is what the Gemara means to connect our Mishnah to Machlekes Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. And this is what the Gemara means, that Bishlema, according to Rav Nachman, we could explain what the Chiddush of our Mishnah is. Because it's Pashat that the Chamim hold, following the rationale of the last Mishnah, that we could justify that he borrowed the money in order to be able to collect from the money. However, so what's the Chiddush? Ah, according to Rav Nachman, we could explain that the Chiddush is that they're able to collect from different properties, like Rav Nachman holds, Bishalai. However, the Gemara is bothered by Korinter of Sheshes that holds Bishal Eilam Hain Shamim. What's the Chiddush of the Chachamim? The fact that the Chachamim hold that you're able to collect and it's not a Raya from the fact he borrowed, that's not a Chiddush that we learned in the previous Mishnah. Elamai, Korinter of Sheshes, it must be talking about a case where it's a place where they give the money even before they write the actual loan. And that's, and that's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. And on that the Gemara asks, one second, if it's a place where they give the money first and the time of collection was already up, why didn't he just take the money and leave? Why did he write him a star? And therefore the Gemara ends up explaining that we're talking about where it was the final day of collection and the collection wasn't over till, till the time was not over till the night. And the Chiddush of the Chachamim and the reason for the Chachamim is that of it in the Yazaf that a person borrows for a day. This Shita of the Ramban, then the place where they first write the star and then give the money, we have justification 
for the fact that he borrowed the money, and it's similar to the case of our of the last Mishnah of the person that sold the other person the field, is brought in Shulchan Arach in Simon Pehei. It's not L'chol HaShitais. The tour and the Shulchan Arach bring the sheet of the Ramah, the Ramah holds, even a place where they write the Shtar first, still it's a raya from the fact that he borrowed the money that the other person must not have owed him. Aye, what's the difference between the case of our last Mishnah of a person that sold a field, that we don't say it's a raya from the fact he sold the field and maybe he only sold the field to be able to collect from it. So there are different reasons given the Prisha over there, Ice Gimel, explains that there's a difference between somebody's willingness to sell a field and have a place to collect from than to go so far and to borrow money. The Pasuk says, a person would not want to borrow money unless he had to, and the fact that he borrowed money is an indication, is a raya, that it must be the other person did not owe him money, as opposed to the Mishnah before, selling the field is not as drastic, and we could explain that he sold him the field in order to be able to have the field to collect from. We don't have the time to be myrich further into the sugya, but Amara Makaim, the Shach, and Chayshemishva Pehei, over there, Ice Zion, he asks many kashas on the Mahalich of the Ramban, and comes and defends the Mahalich of the Balamar and the Ridva, Ayin Sham. You have been listening to the Shiurim of Shas Illuminated. Shas Illuminated is a non-profit organization dedicated to broadening the learning of those studying the Daf worldwide. If you would like to make a donation or to dedicate a Daf or Masechta, please visit our website at shasilluminated.org or call 203-312-SHAS. You can also email us at shasilluminated at gmail.com.